like me, planning in the year 2020 was a bit problematic, to say the least. Castle's podcast hosting is home to some very talented creators, and we had all the plans in the world to highlight them with a new original series, Castle's Creators Spotlight. I'll save you the long story, but because of the logistics and reprioritization due to COVID, that initiative took a bit of a detour. We didn't ship nearly as many episodes as we wanted, like only one episode, but it was a great episode. And if you ever want to know what a handwriting detective does, check out the show notes for the link to my conversation with Teresa Abrams, a most unusual Tea Party podcast. Then amidst the turbulence of 2020, I met today's guests, Ed and Ashley of Crimes Against Folk. Our planning was a little rough around the edges. The content was fine, but it was lacking something that I couldn't put my finger on. It could have been the crazy days of me trying to work from home with three children or the craziness that again was the year 2020. But something great happened with these two creators since the day we recorded back in September. They transformed. I'm not trying to take away anything that they were doing or had accomplished in that moment, but today's conversation is a testament to how you as a creator, as a podcaster, take on different forms of mastery as you continue to produce content. Everything you thought was right was wrong. The content you loved got tossed aside a few months later, like our original conversation. So when people ask me, how long should an episode be? What should my cover art have in it? When should I publish these episodes? It doesn't matter. What matters is that you create the content that you're deeply connected to, publish it to the world, and then take baby steps to building your tribe. Today's going to be a fantastic episode. If you're just starting out as a podcaster or if you've already uploaded 100 episodes, look, I don't want to spoil the surprise, but you might even learn how to get sponsorship early on in your podcasting career. I'm so happy I was able to re-record with Ed and Ashley post-2020 and catch them when they really hit their podcasting stride. If you want to learn a bit more about this podcasting thing, go to academy.castos.com as Craig and I have refined our courses all about podcasting. It's free. It's at academy.castos.com. Let us know what you think or ping us at hello at castos.com if you want us to cover something important to you. Okay, let's dive into two people who once toured the country producing folk music for their fans to now sitting stationary at home creating a podcast. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Audience Podcast. Man, this has been an interesting episode to get out the door. I'm joined by <laughs> Ashley and Ed from Crimes Against Folk, F-O-L-K dot com. Crimes Against Folk dot com. Folks, I, I hope you're still customers of Castos. I think you are. I didn't yeah. check that part of it. Yeah, we still uh, <laughs> we still use Castos uh, for the hosting. It's I haven't found any real issues with it yet you know everybody kept saying hey you know a lot of our friends just like hey libsyn but it's like well they have kind of an anemic storage solution so i'm not so thrilled about that but <laughs> halfway through 2020 uh the team at castos we were working on something called the creator series and through just the through the universe of chaos that is COVID in 2020, uh, a lot of complicated things happened. The the creator series really didn't get its legs. I had some fantastic conversations with some fantastic Castos customers, and I plan on bringing that back, but maybe just in the form of the audience podcast. Like a lot of things, we had some grand vision of having like another landing page, some more marketing material. This is like we overthought it. <laughs> it <was> just <laughs> like let's just get this thing 
you know, out the door and have the great conversations with people who are creating podcasts in our portfolio of podcast customers. So I'm excited to have this conversation. And the great thing is hindsight being 2020. Can we say that on the year 2020? Uh, sure. <laughs> hindsight being 2020, that just sounds like so cliche, is when we, when we talked many months ago, I think it was probably back, I want to say September-ish when we first talked. I was looking at your podcast back then. I was looking at your live streams, like you're doing all these things. And in preparation for today's call, uh, when we circled back, I think last week or so, I started looking at the website, started looking at everything. And I was like, whoa, there's another bad cliche. This, this is a new direction. <laughs> this, is a, this is a new direction here for you, for you all. So what is going on now? Like, where are you headed with Crimes Against Folk? And is there a new premise, a new structure to how you approach this show? Yes and no okay. <laughs> <laughs> is the the awesome clarifying answer for you. Yeah, we decided it, it's Ed and I are kind of famous for for constantly making changes in our lives just because we're not afraid to improve ourselves or improve our situation or, or make a change if we get excited about it. It's just not that we just kind of do that. And so we were talking about the podcast and we're like, well, we're, you know, we went into a direction of being mostly guest based and how are we enjoying that and the answer was we love it but we also wanted to introduce some other stories into it as well so we decided to kind of still like half the month we're doing interviews with guests and awesome musicians that we know that we've met on the road and then the other half the month we're telling stories of famous musicians that you might know so we've already done one on Simon and Garfunkel we've done one on Bob Dylan we've done one on the Ink Spots and we've done one on Lilith Fair and we have plenty more of those coming up but our interviews are not going away. They're still alive and well. Yeah, it was kind of a logistical decision on one hand because it's it was getting tough to really schedule guests out and really tough to just kind of wrangle everybody together. So we tried to reduce that, but also take our podcast in another direction to, I think, make it more interesting and more like the podcasts that we enjoy, you know, as a couple of examples, like Reply All is one that we really love. And Stuff You Should Know is another one. Stuff You Should Know. Yeah. Like we wanted to kind of align ourselves a little more with with that kind of storytelling because we already told stories. We wanted to just kind of take a different tack on it. And also armchair expert, because one of the things that we love is Dax Shepard does that. He doesn't have like one kind of thing every time he has the experts on experts and he's got the armchair experts and his audience understands that there's two different kinds of podcasts going on that look very similar, but are also a little bit different. We like that a lot. So we love bringing that into ours as well. I think one of, I mean, one of many, but I think one of the things that I was really interested to talk to you about back back then, you know, whatever, feels like 80 years ago, but it was, <laughs> you know, whatever it was, six months ago, <laughs> was that you guys were doing a lot. Like you had, like, I was fascinated that, you know, you had the live stream, you had the YouTube channel, which is like, you know, you repurposed the live stream. Live streaming is fresh on my mind because we've been talking about it a lot on the audience podcast, on this podcast. Facebook group, of course, the podcast proper, like you were doing a lot technically, structurally. Is that still the same? I sort of remember seeing like three hour long podcasts from you. And then I was checking and I was like, boy, things are a lot shorter these days. What, what happened to those like all day events you were doing? <laughs> well, they were they were kind of marathon podcasting uh, days. And they honestly, for us, they haven't gotten any shorter. They may have gotten a little longer because we've started a Patreon as well. And uh, that's at patreon.com slash crimes against folk. So we're doing a lot of stuff 
before and after the show for our patrons. So we do a little kind of 30 minute concert. We move that to the patron side so that we can still play music, but we're not kind of doing as much of the music. We're trying to focus more on the podcast and the stories and the work we need to do for that. But we also have a post show for kind of our higher paying patrons. So the time involved doesn't change a whole lot, <laughs> but for the audience, it does. But yeah, not for the for audience. <laughs> yeah. Because that, that's what you were doing. And that's why I was, I think last time we talked too, we kind of pulled some synergy between video game streamers who are like, they're playing a game. They got to be good at a game. They have to engage an audience. They have to have like, they have to build community and brand around that. All this have very, I mean, when I talk about like, I feel like when you talk about professional content creators for the web, like I think these are folks that are real, that, that, that I would call them professionals. People might laugh and say, well, this is video games. This is funny. Yeah, but you have to be good at a game. You have to do all the stuff. You have to engage people. And that wasn't so different from what you're doing because you have to be good at playing music. <laughs> right? you, you have to be good too. And that's what I really liked. You were doing music and then you were taking questions, many, many segments of the show. But if I'm hearing this right, this still exists, but now you've just sort of compartmentalized it. Maybe there's a, a sharper plan around this whole thing. Yeah, I mean, we we wanted to also direct a lot of our our fans over to our Patreon page and really build the community there, and also make our episodes a little bit shorter that we're offering to the public because they that you know three hours might be a, a lot. I mean, we're exhausted at the end of it, so we can only imagine it's probably pretty similar on the listener side. But we didn't want to take anything away from our listeners as well because a lot of people really like that full form that we had. So like Ed said, we just moved some of it over to the Patreon side. We're, so we're still doing it, but it just looks a little bit different. And we're also doing a bunch of extra stuff on the Patreon side too. Like we're doing extra, we're telling extra stories from our uh, touring history. We're doing kind of behind the scenes stuff. We moved our tips and tricks there. So people who do sign up can still learn things because we really enjoy kind of sharing our knowledge, you know, with people, but we decide to kind of move it there just because, because of the extra effort involved, but we can also make it a little more uh, focused as well. Yeah. And Ed, Ed said, we wanted to focus more on the storytelling part of, of things. So, but also, you know, we are musicians, so we, we didn't want to get rid of that, but we want to be a, a pot, you know, we wanted to focus more on the podcast side of it. So. So here's what I'm really interested to to dive into. We were talking pre-show about this and I was like excited to ask these questions. I didn't want to ask them pre-show because I wanted to get the fresh answers out of you right now. What was that moment? What was that conversation like between the two of you to say, you know what? We are going to shorten this up. We are going to focus storytelling to the, the, the general public and we'll put the rest of this stuff behind what I'll call the paywall. And I'll preface this by saying, man, I know what it's like to put in a ton of work into a podcast and be like, wait a minute, we're doing this for free? <laughs> this is ridiculous. <laughs> like, did you hit that moment? You're like, oh, yeah, like, we got to make some money now. Like, what was that like? I think the the format change and shortening the podcast length, that came from... I think, Ash, you had been, I think you found an article, or you talked to a couple people and like, oh, we need to, I think we need to change things up a little bit. Yeah, well, and again, that's just something that Ed and I constantly do. We're constantly checking in with each other. Like, hey, are you enjoying this? Hey, what are we liking about this? What are the high, the high points? What are the low points? I mean, we, we have a full, you know, 20 minute conversation after every single podcast where some of our, Ed, like Ed said, our entire tier patrons are allowed in that conversation. We talk about every single show, like what went well about that? What can we improve on? So I think it was just one of those natural progressions like, hey, we've been doing this for a while, so how can we make it better? 
One of the most popular questions that I get from customers is, how long should a podcast be? And the, an- <laughs> the answer is always like, it depends. And I hate saying it as like somebody who's in charge of helping folks out with a podcast. I'm sure they're just like, oh God, that that answer again. But now that you're sort of seasoned podcasters, right? Like I, I feel like you have, you're emitting podcast confidence to me now. Not that you weren't before, but you both are like at a different level now than, than just those short six months ago. Like, like, do, do you feel <laughs> you. like, do you feel like you get it now? Cause maybe you had those same questions back then. You're like, man, there's no, there's no blueprint to this. It's just, you keep putting it out and you keep iterating. Is that fair? Yeah, Ash and I went back and forth quite a bit around the beginning. Like, how long should this be? And and we we did have a lot of discussions about it. And I think we definitely decided. I think people wanted a bit of a shorter format, a shorter, more focused format. Yeah, and but we are not capable of a thirty minute podcast. We no, <laughs> we like talking way too much. So especially, <laughs> especially when we have a really interesting guest come on, you know, we just which is all of our guests. We just want to ask them more and more questions, and it becomes kind of this conversation. Like we almost feel like we're you know in a world where, and and maybe you feel this way as well, Matt. But like in a world where we can't really get together as uh, at, at all or as much either, whichever you're doing in this COVID world, when we have a guest on it feels like we're having this social part of our lives that has been missing so long. And you almost like don't want to let go of it. You want it to go on for longer and, and you're, you're catching up. So that's why it, it becomes like we're sitting in front of, uh, you know, the fire in our living room, just having a conversation and, and people can listen in on it as well as the interview just kind of bleeds into each other that way, which I really enjoy. And this is something I've been um, dwelling on. It's not the right word, but something that, and we probably even talked about this back in September because this is a, a feeling that hasn't escaped me by any stretch of the imagination. But this is what art creation is like. And I say this to people who are music artists far beyond anything that I could ever do. And it took me years as a podcaster to finally say, you know what? And generally, my my discussions around in podcasting is around business or tech or stuff like that. You know, very dry topics to most people. And it's like, but this is my art. So I've been doing it for eight years. I keep iterating on it. I keep thinking about it nonstop. Like I always want to get better. And you do this stretch of podcasting for like six months doing this thing. And then you're like, I hated that. (laughs) Throw it all out and do it again. But then you have all these other people who are out there who are going, no, 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 that was great. Like we love that. Like, why are you changing? Is this a thing for artists, especially music artists to be like, I've been in it 24, seven, six months straight. I don't want to do this type of music anymore, this type of podcast. Iteration is, um, that's funny you mentioned that word. That's because that's kind of, as Ash has said, that's the core of what we've done as artists since we started our duo. So many times we've, sometimes uh, seemingly out of nowhere, we've said, let's do this now. And then we go do it. You know? <laughs> oh yeah, and so. we just we just do it. Absolutely. I mean, we're. I think so. I can definitely relate to that. I get very mm-hmm. tired of doing the same thing over and over and over again. I think that can be hard on a listener because, especially if you become a fan of a certain thing, you know, you, you're a fan of that thing, and you want you often want that person to do that thing forever, even if the person doesn't want to do that thing forever. So I think it can be kind of hard to get your fan base to switch over to that a little bit. And we do get that a lot. Like, but 
you were making this kind of music and and now you're making this kind of music. But what I've noticed is if you're confident in it and, and you know, Ed and I went from being full-time touring artists to podcasters and it did take a little bit to our, for our fan base to be like, no, come listen to our show every week. We promise you're going to like it. And they did. It took a little bit or like, what do you mean you're not doing as much music in your show? You're just going to be talking. Okay. But they're in it now. So I think, yeah, as long as you, you move forward and, and your heart's in the right place and you're confident about it and you love it, then your audience is going to respond to that. Do you feel like you found a, a shift either unintentionally or, or intentionally, a shift in the audience from music consumers, like maybe somebody like me who's going to listen to the, your type of music, to your podcast where maybe now you're gathering much more musicians, people who are in the industry, people who know this stuff is just like you. And they're tuning into you because, okay, you're just another, you're another expert now. And I really like what you have to say about music, or is it a, a good mix in your audience? You know, I think it it's shifted slightly because we we see a few couple of faces that'll pop up in our uh, when we do the live stream, and that's really kind of the only way we can really accurately judge what our audience makeup is at the time. Like de- from a demographic standpoint, people we kind of know and people who chime in, and we have noticed. I, I I've noticed. I think a very slight shift that some people who pop in are people we may have known. Who, in our industry travels, you know, people who maybe Nashville folks, but other musicians, it's very slight, but I think I've noticed that a little bit more because they're kind of coming back like, oh, what are they talking about this time? I may want to listen to them this time. Or they'll post something like, hey, you need to listen to this particular episode because you might learn something. So I thought we might get more musicians tuning in, but actually it feels like we're getting more of our a fan base or like our fans, more of our fans from, from like Ed said, from the touring days are popping in. I noticed more than the musicians that we meet. And I think a lot of that is because I think we're offering some really interesting insider stuff for musicians, but I think it's more interesting for people who aren't musicians because we're pulling this curtain down, right? Like there's so much that we have to do behind the scenes as musicians, not only for ourselves, but this, our guests and the stories we tell for other people that just aren't, we try to tell stories that aren't really told. And I think as, as a fan, as a music fan, it's really interesting to hear that side of things because that wasn't really, I mean, that stuff was all hidden for a really long time, right? Like it wasn't cool to show you at home and your, your home studio you wanted this kind of mystique of of what you are as a musician and now people don't want that anymore they want to see everything they want to see what you're having for breakfast they want to see you know you want to walk with your your kids and and what you're doing for your workout so i think that's maybe why we're getting more of the the music fans over the musicians possibly did Lady Gaga really bring a golden mic or did they spray paint that mic? And can we watch them spray painting that mic? And if it was really golden, did the government pay for it? Because I think the answer is I think the answer is yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think yes to all of that. <laughs> um, I feel like and one thing I don't I don't remember concretely from our last conversation, but I feel like the brand crimes against folk, uh, especially the website and some of your cover imagery on Facebook has changed. So tell me, <laughs> explain the brand. It, again, I, I feel like we're, we're moving in a direction of, I, I don't want to say, I, again, you're leveling up this, I feel like brand positioning where maybe back in uh, September, we we're kind of just like figuring things out. I don't mean that offensively. <laughs> like, no, I, <laughs> oh, I, we, I take it a huge compliment. Thank you. We, I mean, we absolutely were still figuring stuff out in September. So 
and, and still are. And, you know, we're going to be figuring yeah. stuff out till the day we die. So, yeah. <laughs> but no, the biggest change is we actually picked up a, a pretty cool sponsorship from EV, Electro Voice. So they sent us these amazing microphones that you can see Ed and I are both talking into called the RE20 Blacks. And I think that um, more than anything has really leveled up our game because we, when we, we speak into these microphones, it's like, oh, we're, we are podcasters now. <laughs> We're not musicians anymore. Yeah. <laughs> these microphones are absolutely amazing. And the fact that we had a really cool company like EV come on board and say, you know what, we want to sponsor your podcast with these microphones was pretty exciting for us. So that also upped our, our game a little bit too. <laughs> yeah. And also kind of just, you know, trying to establish more of a, you know, unique kind of logo design and all the stuff that we put on the podcast live stream and all of that. We're I'm trying to kind of make sure that's all as standard as possible. But I think having EV on board uh, really helps, I think, because we, you know, we got a little bit of hardware support that I think I think we really needed at the time, you know, because it's it's hard to get hardware sometimes right now. So, yeah, that, that really helped. Another popular question that comes up in our day to day at Castos, people do ask, how do I monetize a podcast? They see, you know, fill in the blank, most popular podcast uh, on iTunes, whoever that might be. And they say, I also want to someday get a $30 million deal with Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> how did you come across, you know, getting this sponsorship? What was that overnight, but not so overnight success that got you to a point where it was like, oh, did they knock on your door or did you knock on the door? Or did you have some other formula to get there? attention? So kind of both. I'm actually, I'm a little bit of a whiz at getting endorsement deals. It's kind of a little bit of a thrill for me. And also, I think it's really important when establishing your your brand to, to collaborate with another brand. I'm a huge believer in collaboration overall. So I was actually looking for a new sound system for myself because I'm still doing a few outdoor solo shows here and there just to only outdoors because I don't feel safe doing indoor shows and I live on the West Coast so I can do that here but um, very few and far between but my my PA was starting to tank it was just screaming not in feedback I don't know what's going on with it but it was like wow I really need a new sound system like immediately so I started looking around to see who was doing endorsement deals with certain artists and I reached out to Electra Voice because they have a very 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 cool portable sound system. And they were interested in working with me. And they actually approached me about the podcast. So it was a little bit of both. Like I reached out to them for just an overall endorsement thing. And they said, well, we we noticed you have this Crimes Against Folk podcast. So can we talk about that a little bit? So that's kind of how it came into to play. It was, it was yeah, it was a, a really cool relationship. And we, we absolutely love them. So this monetization is always on top of our minds. We get a lot of questions about it. Craig, my other co-host and founder of Castos, was just talking to a gentleman today that the podcast went out as we're speaking today about ad tech and inserting dynamic ads in podcasting, having ad inventory and having brands come and buy your, your airtime on your podcast, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, great for brands that have hundreds of thousands of downloads per month. They're celebrities already, so there's a thing that they can sell, et cetera. But for the rest of us, <laughs> you have to go out and sell two brands. How important, or I guess, let me ask you this one question, since you do get a thrill out of it, uh, Ashley, what, what, what is a, a skill set for somebody who's like, I got a solid podcast, it gets a thousand downloads a month. 
what's a thing that they can do to knock on someone's door? Or is there like a confidence boost that you would say like, yeah, it's okay to send a brand an email and say, I get a thousand downloads a month for this niche community. You could never get this anywhere else. Is there a thing you mentally prepare for to do something like that? Yeah, I mean, confidence is everything. And I'd say don't be afraid to reach out to brands. If you think you're too small, you're not. It's again, collaboration is is key here. And and everybody's looking to do it. We're we're also in a world where brands can't really go out and market the way that they used to. So they need to pair with people who are doing things online. So my recommendation would be to get a media kit together. If you're not sure what that is, go ahead and Google media kits because I, I don't want to spend too much time on that. But it's just basically something that's going to have your bio, your listeners, your some photos and, and samples, all things that you would need that a, a company might want to see. And then start messaging people, you know, message them on Facebook or on Instagram or find their email on their website. And just don't be afraid to reach out and don't be afraid to follow up 17 times because who are they going to respond to? They've got a bunch of emails in. Are they going to respond to the, the person that emailed them once or the person that emailed them 17 times? They're going to message a person that's a squeaky wheel. And they also like that confidence and they're, oh, they really, really want to work with us. So those are definitely the top quick things I can think of. But Ed, correct me if I'm wrong. I think we I did an entire episode on Crimes Against Folk about uh, our tips and tricks section, didn't yeah, I? Yeah, one of the earlier ones. Yep. Okay. So uh, unfortunately, I don't remember which episode number or title it is. Maybe we can figure that out for you later. Feel free to message us. But yeah, I, I give away a lot of tips and tricks in that episode on how to get endorsement deals. But definitely confidence, definitely showcase who you are and then and what what kind of content you're creating. You know, I, I do have a, a few clients that I, I coach for their careers and we talk about endorsements a lot. And I say, would you be comfortable if this photo or thing, whatever thing you're putting out to the world, would you be comfortable if Rolling Stone magazine retweeted that? Because if the answer is no, don't put it out. <laughs> uh, well, you're talking to a, an ex-car salesperson, so I, you know, I know all about it. <laughs> and I'm 100% there with you. So one of the things, I don't know, I have a few friends, and by a few, I mean two uh, friends who are legitimate musicians. They've made a, a career out of it. Uh, some of them have moved, to, one of them has moved to Nashville, uh, and she spends a lot of her time there. I don't know anything about the industry. What I do know is, or from what I hear is that becoming a music artist is very difficult and it's much like you pitching a brand. You're doing the same thing at a larger scale, trying to get a record label deal, I think is might be the right phrase. And I hear how hard it is and what that industry might be like. Do you feel like this podcast and where you're going is giving you the creator power back? Like you're, you're earning some leverage back in this space? Like, you're more in control. It's the same level of difficulty, maybe, where you have to like work hard, like everything else that's that's fruitful. But do you feel like you're getting more control back in this space because you can do it your way? Or am I just looking at things wrong? No, I think, you know, the funny thing is the, the industry, I'd say in the past 10 years or so, since the advent of social media, certainly, the power has mainly shifted back to the artists. And in, especially in terms of marketing, Marketing is so much easier to access now through things like Google AdWords and Facebook ads and whatever. You know, those things are so much easier for regular schmoes like us to access. So marketing is easier to access. Distribution is easier to access. That's been easier to access since CD Baby in the 90s, you know. And so I think 
artists have all the tools they need now that the record labels mostly had maybe 20 years ago. So I think us shifting over to a podcast, nothing was really that different. I mean, in terms of how much control and power we had. I mean, before when we when we were touring, you know, we had all the power. We did we did everything. We produced all the music ourselves. Um, you know, Ashley booked all the shows. You know, we drove ourselves everywhere. We flew you know, like everything was in our power, and it still is, which is great. You know, like some of the methods may have changed a little bit. Or some of the platforms have changed a little bit that we use and things that we do. But we, as far as how much power, we don't really, it, it hasn't really changed that much. But you do hit a really good point. I mean, that was, I think that was more something that we felt in leaving Nashville back in 2014 or, or 15, whenever that was. We felt like we were, you know, we started with a word, which is, I, I don't even know. Have we mentioned with a word yet? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's my fault. It's largely my fault. It, well, no, it's fine. We forget, we forget we were musicians because we're podcasters now, but with a word <laughs> is, is our music duo, at, which is W H I T H E R W. U-A-R-D, Witherward, and we've made six albums since 2014. And when we created it, it was because we wanted to take control of our careers. We didn't want to dabble in the industry side. We wanted to be the industry. We were tired of the, the of the capital I industry that we had to deal with in Nashville on a day-to-day basis and the, the endless frustration and heartache that comes with it. And we're like, you know what, let's just eliminate all that and be independent musicians. And since we decided to do that, I've, I mean, I've seen more success and I've, I've been in a lot of musical projects. I've seen more success in Witherward than anything I've ever done. I moved towards the world doing all of it ourselves over 200 shows a year for five years without a home base it was really i mean we look back at at the last five years basically right before the pandemic came and we can't even believe what we did and what we accomplished and it was all independently so i it was really cool to be like you know what we're gonna do this podcast and we're gonna do it in the way that we know works we're gonna do it independently we're gonna keep control and it's gonna be great and it has been Do you see this now as, I don't want to say the future of the brand and for, (laughs) for the brand and the band, but do you see this as like, boy, I don't know, like if, if the roads opened up again, would we go back on the road and do this all over again? Or is this like, no, this is the thing now, like we're here. This is a, this is our (laughs) next chapter. Yeah, we definitely want to start playing again. I think we would, I think we're, we might change how we do it. Because, you know, we're we're not in our 20s and early 30s anymore. You know, it's just <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just like we can't do what we did even five years ago just for health, some, for health reasons and other reasons, you know. But I think for, well, for me, the podcast has been really fun to do because it's, it's a bunch of different things that I haven't been able to do things like, you know, live kind of live broadcasting. Like that's kind of fun, even though it's only through OBS, it's really fun. Or, you know, actually distributing a podcast. Like when I found out how easy that was to do, I was like flabbergasted. (laughs) So I I was like, look at this, look at how easy it is. (laughs) And um, I should have figured because there's so many podcasts out there. But so there's a lot of things about, the podcasts that are really fun. We get to learn stuff. I always enjoy learning things. I always enjoy teaching things to other people. So there's a lot of it that we do in the podcast that's really fun and really rewarding I for me. And I think getting back out and playing music, 
you know, I think we have to like just find a way to do it that won't just run us into the ground again. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's been really exciting for me to watch Ed's expertise and all of his tech knowledge come into play because he has to make so much work in order to make this podcast happen because we are co-hosting from different locations. So I'm, I'm in California and Ed's in Arizona and we are able to do it without the Wi-Fi lag through Ed's wizardry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Ed, you know, if it weren't for you, <laughs> right. <laughs> Times um, I've heard that yeah. <laughs> basically every day from me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, folks who are listening, listen, it, look how easy it is to become podcaster stars. You can leave one industry. All you have to do is tour the United States of America for five years straight, smashing the ground with your, with your musical instruments in you know, five <laughs> albums later. And you, you too can become a podcast star. Ed and Ashley, thanks for uh, redoing the show with me again. Where can folks find you to uh, not only listen to the podcast, but hook on to your Patreon? So our main website is crimesagainstfolk.com. Uh, you can go there and find all the subscribe links. Uh, you can uh, listen to back episodes. You can see all the notes. And it's interesting to go there because we do have like a segment called Show and Tell. So we put photos up and tell the stories behind them. You can see the photos at the website, which is kind of a fun thing. And our Patreon is just patreon.com slash crimesagainstfolk. You can get a lot of bonus stuff there. We tell bonus stories. We share extra knowledge with our tips and tricks. We share a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff that we do, whether it's in producing music or learning about other stuff that we do for the podcast. So it's definitely worth a, definitely worth a look. And we do play a little music, too, <laughs> on <laughs> Patreon only, <laughs> but it's still there. <laughs> nice. Everybody else, it's the Audience Podcast. You can find us at castos.com slash audience. And if you haven't seen the email newsletter go out, uh, a new Academy. Uh, this episode will go out in a couple weeks, but academy.castos.com. You can learn how to become a better podcaster. We get a bunch of resources there as well. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode. 